finally put us out of our misery and scored a goal. <laughs> Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Pod on You Loons. I'm Justin. Pod on You Loons. I'm Sam. Hey, welcome back, Justin. I know you were really busy last week. Man, just had to get ready for the school year. It's, it was tough, you know, like just wrapped up the first week last week and had a little extra work. So thank you. Thank you for, for carrying on without me. I didn't get a chance to listen yet, Sam. <laughs> Well, James I'm and sure Jeremy. You, I'm sure you you talk trash about me. Yeah, I was gonna say James and Jeremy dropped a little trash anytime they could. <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy's comment was especially funny. He's like, "Yeah, Justin has to, you know, prepare to be a teacher. Not like there are two other teachers that are recording right now." But... <laughs> hey, listen, maybe I just care a little bit more than you guys do. <laughs> you probably do. <laughs> Math class, man. No. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, I just, I'm always, I don't know if this is TMI, but like, I always just get super nervous, like the night before, day before the first day of school. And I just have to like, I basically like spend way too much time making everything perfect for it to not go. And it never goes the way I want it to. It's always different. But like, I'm just like, it's almost like sports for me. Like when I played football, like I'd get the lead up is so important. And like, that's the anxiety. And then, but once I do it, I'm fine. Right. But I just, I would have not been very fun. I would have been complacent. <laughs> I would have been thinking about all the, the youngins that I was going to see tomorrow. So I'm glad the show on, the show went on without me. Yeah, and I'm, I'm glad that the school year is off to a good start for you. I think it's off to a good start for myself, uh, you know, Jeremy. I haven't heard from Nate yet, but all teachers I talk to are pretty much saying the same thing where they're just like, this is crazy. It's working okay but it's crazy. And I, I think the general thing is, is that we all kind of thought that once the school year started, we would have a good idea of the direction we were going. And with the school year starting, we're actually even more unsure about the direction we're going <laughs> than we were before. It, it feels like, um, like you think of like a booby trap room and every, like the, the, the floor is developing below you but it's also falling off behind you. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like every time I take a, like basically like the road is forming or like maybe like a better thing would be like, did you ever play like cruising USA 64? Oh yeah. And you can't see anything past. that's just white in the background. That's what I feel like the school year is right now. Is like, we only know the visibility is not very good right now. And we only know like the six feet in front of us or, or in this case, right? Like the day, maybe the week in front of us. And everything else, but everything else is like up in the air. But the good news is, I guess, Sam, is that we're all in that same boat, right? Like it's not, mm -hmm. it's not just some of us. So I'm very fortunate that I'm not a type A, like super, you know, control freak planner person, because I think that those people are the ones that are probably struggling the most right now. Yeah, like 100%. This is the year to let go of a few things. And if you can't let go of a few things you're not going to do very well. Right. Fortunately, I'm not very type A either. So, and fortunately for me, I don't think many of my staff are. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> Trying my best for the ones that are, but well, Hey, I was actually disappointed that you weren't uh, in the last episode, of course, because 
would have been fun to have you on. But I also I had I finally had a show to recommend to you. Oh, okay. Right. Like between the two of us, I'm the one that has a kid. So you're the one that gets to watch TV. (laughs) Right. And so you've brought shows to me. I got one for you now. Have you heard of it's on Netflix? It's a Spanish production. It's called Money Heist or La Casa de Papel. I tried to watch the first episode, Sam. Okay. And it didn't pull me in because it felt really cheesy. And maybe that's the point. Well, did you watch it with the subtitles or did you watch it dubbed? Well, what do you prefer? I can't remember. I did subtitles. Okay. Yeah, it just felt like it just felt so over the top. But I ha- you're not the only person in my life that's been like, you need to watch this. So maybe I got to give it more than one episode. But I've heard because it, it's 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 still going. Like there's like many, many seasons, right? Yeah, and I, I have heard that kind of like how, right, Home Alone 2 was pretty much Home Alone, but set in a different city. Or like The Hangover 2 is essentially Hangover 1, but set in a different city. Right. I've heard that as the seasons go on, that it just kind of becomes more of the same. But I'm in the second season right now, so they're still on the original heist. And okay. I am, yeah, I'm I'm hooked. And I'm just saying that because I don't become hooked too often because I okay. I don't get to watch a lot of TV and right. it's good. I might have to watch that then. I might have to give it a shot for you. Yeah. <laughs> well, do it or don't do it. No big deal. I thought I had one for you, but I guess you had already seen it, so. I'm saying, Sam, if you like it, maybe I just got to stick with it. Maybe I got to try it out. And if anything, I could just get mad at you and tell you how terrible it is and how dare you make me waste my life. So maybe, maybe. And then I'll bring up that you made me watch Tiger King. So you are better for that, Sam. You are better for that. You have that in the back of your head. You've had that experience. You've seen Tiger. What was Uh, the song? I saw Tiger and and Tiger tiger saw saw man. Yep. You have that. (laughs) You got that in your life, man. When we can do karaoke again, you and I could go up front and we could do that. There you go. Oh, hey, we can cut this part out, but there are people listening that might care. R.I.P. Apple Valley, Old Chicago. Did you hear about that? I think that's old news, bro. Is it? Yeah. Oh, well, I just saw it. Yes. Like the other day, I was like, oh, man, that's that's the high deck layer, right? Like that's where the high decks love to go. Yeah, uh, my brother-in-law loved that place. He now lives in Omaha, and he goes to the old Chicago there almost every <laughs> night, it seems. Yeah, my other brother-in-laws that live around here, they they liked going there. Um, they had a friend group that would play trivia there that I would try to go to, but trivia always started at like 9 or 9.30, and yeah, I'm a super teacher. late, yeah. super late trivia. Yeah, no teachers doing that on a consistent basis. <laughs> I may have done it once or twice. (laughs) I think we did it once together. Yes. I think that that was the first time I met your wife was we invited you out to the old Chicago for a little pizza and and trivia. Yeah, that was the first time I met Michelle. Well, RIP, it's now going to become, did you know what it's going to become? No. It's going to be a Cowboy Jacks. Fun. Not. Well, and isn't that right next to where Wild Bills already is? Yeah, kind of, right? So gonna... <laughs> there's only room in this town for one generic country western bar that's gonna be that's gonna be a fun competition every like friday and saturday night <laughs> all right well let's get on to some 
news, a lot of Minnesota United news. We last recorded about a week ago, so there have been two games in between then. But we'll start with Andy Greeter of the Pioneer Press reported last Tuesday that Ozzy Alonso is with a hamstring injury, Amaria has an ankle injury, and should be two to three weeks for each of them. Our friend Jeremy Rushing from 10K Pitches, who apparently he got himself a press pass, so he's he's at the game yeah, now. Big time. Big yeah. time, Jeremy. Big shot. So check him out. Uh, that's a good podcast, 10K Pitches. Follow him on Twitter at 10K Pitches for this news that we're reporting or that we're repeating that he reported on. But last Wednesday, he said Adrian Heath hopes that Finlay will recover from his injury in about three to four weeks. So hopefully we get Ethan Finlay back soon. And he also reported that big celery Aaron Schoenfeld has a lower calf issue. Guys, there's like a laundry list of injuries here. <laughs> and our friend Jeremy also said that the only one that's coming back anytime soon like any time in the immediate future, is the big celery. So let me just read off this list. Okay, we got Tyler Miller. We've got Ike Opara. We've got Aaron Schoenfeld. We have Luis Amaria. We have Ethan Finlay. We have Ozzy Alonso. We have Gray Branjit Singh. We have Ramon Metinair, who is suspended. I don't think he's hurt. He's just suspended. <laughs> Gray Branjit Singh, like without him, Right. Because remember, Tyler Miller is already hurt. Tyler Miller right. is already out for the season. So we might need to sign a goalkeeper because right now, you if you don't want to roll with Fred, Fred Evans, 16 year old Fred. I mean, like, again, we we wish him the best. We're big fans on the show of Fred, but I don't think that a 16 year old is ready uh, until we've seen it. Right. Like if we see it and he's he's all in. If he's all ready to go, like I have no problem that he's only 16, but goalkeeper is one of those positions where you don't typically have those young players that come out, come out hot. Usually it takes a while for them to develop, for them to kind of get the feel for the game. And no, I, I don't think that we can just roll with Fred. Maybe the coaching staff would disagree, uh, in, in which case I, I defer to them, but no, we need, we need to sign a goalkeeper. So it sounds like Minnesota will be looking for one, probably an American goalkeeper, so they don't have to have a two-week isolation time. But yeah, you can't really roll the dice and like you can't. Well, you can't hide a guy, right? A, a goalkeeper, right? Like you think, you know, sometimes you'll see a sixteen-year-old play, but it'll be at a position that that isn't as crucial as that one. So, I mean, we talk all the time, Sam, about the depth of this team, and I think, and I, I mean, we'll get to how the game came came together with with our depth game. The depth is definitely getting tested right now. And you didn't even put on here, Chacon might go out for loan. Yeah, I didn't put that on there because I didn't know how reliable the source was. Uh, obviously, Chacon was in the lineup last night. So, I mean, I don't know if we're... Maybe we just kept him in the lineup because we desperately needed him because of all the people that were out. But right, how do you loan anyone out right now? That's what that's what I'm saying is like maybe that was a, that was something that was coming down the pipeline before, but yeah, you can't you can't really do that at this point. You, you gotta we gotta have as many bodies as we can, right? Mm -hmm. And Chacon didn't, is like looking pretty good when he's in. So you know that first game was rough, but I think since then he's been fine. So well, when we actually have the ball and are attacking, <laughs> yeah, I agree. offensively, yeah, he has looked he has looked promising, and he's still very young and. 
I, I mean, if he's not earning playing time at Minnesota United, I am all in favor of loaning him out. In fact, I think that that is a great idea. But if this is going to be 2020 for us, right? Like if we're going to have this large list of players that aren't available for us, I just can't imagine loaning anyone out. Right. In fact, we might have to call back Coleman soon. I. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. A player that is not coming back to Minnesota United is Vito Minone, former goalkeeper, former goalkeeper of the year. We had initially thought he was going to Turkey. However, he is going to Monaco to play in Liga 1. I've heard of that team. <laughs> not just some random Turkish team with money, right? Actually, a team that we've heard of. You know, good for him because we, we, we heard all about how it wasn't that he didn't like playing for the United. Like he had a great experience, but like it was it was the the distance from home that was so tough for him. He's from Italy. His family is in Europe, and good for him to find find a gig somewhere. You know, respectable club at a high level where he can be closer to home. Absolutely, and and I mean, I am not a Minnesota Vikings fan, but I do find it very charming how you you do see him wearing his Minnesota Vikings clothes on Instagram or his Twitter or whatever. You do see him supporting Minnesota from afar. He clearly enjoyed his time here and it looks like Minnesota is his American home. So we all we all loved the guy when he was here and I think we all kind of follow him now that he's gone and happy for the guy. Monaco's a big club and have you seen like that stadium, how it relates to the cityscape? It's beautiful. I haven't. You might want to go. Here I come. Yeah, it's like it's like Stady Luis the second or something like that. Stade Luis two. Oh, that's gorgeous. Oh, that's yeah. so cool. Yeah, he gets to play there. That's awesome. Way to go. Way to go, Vito. It does not look like mid- midway part of St. Paul. <laughs> Shout out Big Top. Big Top's gone. There isn't a liquor store in the parking lot for those. Maybe there is. I don't know. We just. <laughs> It doesn't have a drive-through, that's for sure. No, no. That wasn't Big Top. That one was down the road, and I think that that one's still there. Right. And then wrapping up the news, we have Ford Madison, who lost 2-0 after a four-game unbeaten streak. They lost 2-0 at Greenville. So better days ahead for Forward Madison FC. Well, all right, Justin. We got two games to cover. You ready to get into it? Let's get this going. First, at home. We we got to host a home game, Justin. <laughs> Dallas came here, which we'll get to later. But home games, we're not getting many of them. Dallas comes here. It was a great, fun, entertaining game. Went the right way for Minnesota. Our lineup consisted of Dane St. Clair, Gasper Boxall, Aha, and Metinair at defense. Dotson and Gregish in the midfield. Lino Reynoso and Ludd. And then finally, Toy up top. A few substitutions took place. That was Ja'Cory Hayes on for Reynoso in the 72nd minute. Raheem Edwards on for Toy in the 80th. And Bakai Debasi, who made his debut for Minnesota United, subbing in for Kevin Molino in the 86th. Of course, this was after Roman Metinair was sent off with the red. Once again, I think the big story here of this game was our new look offense. With Emmanuel Reynoso, yeah, how's he's that good. look for you? He, he's good. It was just fun to see 
just see the, how the the ball moved around. He commanded a, he commanded the attention of the defense, and he did a great job facilitating. I think that we got the chance to see why why he was you know a, a club record transfer fee, why they envision him you know being the being a DP that can help this team you know be successful in the postseason and just be successful moving forward. I, I think that he was legit. You know, sometimes these DPs don't impress us right away. Uh, or these, you know, players from abroad. But I think, I think that that was the game where we kind of kind of got a taste of what to expect from from Bello. and I was very very pleased with what I saw. Yeah, such a difference maker right away. I've been just so so impressed by these quick passes that are causing the defense the opposing defenses issues as we get closer to the goal. Just these these quick passes, and then you're also seeing our players take quite a few long shots as well, right? Like. Reynoso uh, had his fair share of long shots. Gregish, of course, does this. We're, we're used to it from Gregish. Laud's getting in on there. We have these long shots, and those aren't necessarily high percentage shots, but occasionally they go in, and when they're on target, they're hard to stop. So it has been exciting watching this new-look offense play. Scoring did come early. Already in the 11th minute, Mason Toy, assisted by Robin Ludd, opens up the scoring for Minnesota United. I think this was huge for Mason Toy. He is now the only healthy striker on our roster. And it's hard because it's not like Mason Toy is uh, coming on the show and talking to us about this, but we're hearing hints from uh, people in the media that may know the situation a little bit better that Mason Toy might have some, you, you know, might just need to get his confidence going. And with strikers, right, it's goals that give them confidence. So it's nice to see him get that goal, especially knowing that we're going to have to rely on him for the time being. Yeah, and that was that was a, a fantastic goal by him. I don't think he's left-footed, and that was a nice left-footed finish for the goal. Um, and you could just tell, like the way he reacted afterwards, that he was very happy to, to you know to get the you know get the goal and get that get that off of his list of things to accomplish this year. He has a goal now. You know, he can help us up front. It was quick passing again that led to our second goal in the 28th minute where Kevin Molino scored. Quick passing, Lud, Reynoso, Metinair to Molino. Molino gets it in. Again, it this team is getting fun to watch. And that was that was the play that went around Twitter a lot. It was always just like, this is why you get Emmanuel Reynoso. Like plays like this, goals like this are what what he's gonna create for us. And if that's if that's the case, I'm in for it. Yeah, it's interesting. Like, so Emmanuel Reynoso is already so adored by Minnesota United fans, and he hasn't had his own first goal yet. It's just how involved he is on the goals that we're scoring, right? Like, it's it's as if he's that point guard. His distribution uh, in dangerous areas, it's just making him so dangerous. And we kind of had heard that that was his role over at Boca. And to see that so early on, to see that chemistry developing with these players, to see how he's improving his teammates so early on for Minnesota United, that's what we love about it. And don't forget about the silver and blue hair that he showed up with. You know, he's got that. I mean, that's some dedication to the team. <laughs> I suppose he didn't. Yeah, like he didn't have that when he was originally signed. So that, yeah, that is awesome. That is awesome. Now he needs just a big like neck tattoo or something. There, there you go. There you go. Of balloon. <laughs> yeah. 
That would be, I think that would be a, like too far. <laughs> <laughs> well, in the 42nd minute, no longer would it be two nothing in favor of the loons because in the 42nd minute, Ricardo Pepe does what I would say is the soccer equivalent of just scoring a goal line touchdown where the the ball was kind of uh, toward the goal and he just slides in and taps it in or he slides in and just kind of pushes that ball across the line. Did it even hit his foot or was it just like he just rolled on the ground and like just came into contact with the ball? <laughs> yeah, you're probably right. I, <laughs> you, you are probably right. He just kind of slid and the ball slid with him. It's... <laughs> But so we enter the half 2-1. So that was a little bit disappointing to give up that goal late in the first half. But we're in the second half and Molino, Reynoso and the offense, they continue to look dangerous. So this is not the lethargic, uninspiring offense. We saw play back-to-back games in Texas earlier in phase one. The scoring will continue in the 70th minute when Metinair is taken down in the box earning a penalty that Molino is able to easily bang in. But then, Justin, after that, I mean, the defense did look vulnerable and even lucky at times. In the 77th minute, Dallas is able to score their second goal. Dane St. Clair almost got away with another one by batting away the ball across the line. Yeah, he needs to get out of the goal a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Just like, just smacking at it like he's a cat. That's what it looked like to me. Well, it was pretty impressive. Like that ball wasn't close to him. Like that was a far reach for him to even get his hands on the ball. So that was impressive of Dane St. Clair. You know, we'll talk about this more getting into our next game at Kansas City. But Dane St. Clair is starting to show, starting to show some impressive moves. He's starting to look like someone that's more than just stopping the easy shots and being someone that's capable of stepping in and making a save. And that'd be awesome. That'd be awesome if Dane St. Clair's good. You know, I mean, they took him in the first round for a reason, right, Sam? We can't put too much stock into the MLS draft because, you know, it's, it is a crapshoot more than other drafts. But, you know, they saw something in him to take him as high as they did. And he's looked pretty good so far. Yeah, the only other thing I guess I would say is that Dallas had two shots on goal and they scored two goals, right? So it's always kind of interesting to look at expected goals. And if you're following European teams, there are numerous websites that have this stat called expected goals where they have all sorts of algorithms. Every site has their own algorithm where they determine based on the shots that were on goal or the chances that were created, how many goals a team should have scored. Well, in the previous game where we shut out Real Salt Lake at home, Real Salt Lake's expected goals were, were low, right? Like it, they score or their expected goal total was only 0.3, depending on what website you look at, where for Dallas today, their expected goal total was 2.44. So Dane St. Clair is keeping the goal scored below the expected goal number. Um, of course, you want that. That's what you want with, with the stat. How you use it to analyze goalkeepers are you want to let in fewer goals than expected of you based on the shots and chances created by the other team. So it is good to see that Dane St. Clair has a favorable rating so far as far as expected goals go. But I, I will say, you know, 
two shots actually on target and both of those shots went in. So that is something to work on. And then of course the, the kind of probably biggest blemish of this game for Minnesota United would be Ramon Metinera's red card in the 82nd minute. Some don't necessarily believe that that should have been a red card given how both players were sliding towards the ball. However, it was a red card and Ramon Metinera was suspended uh, for the game at Sporting Kansas City, which is especially significant given that large list of players that were already not available to go to Kansas City. Yeah, that was, I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I don't pretend to be like some, you know, rules expert for soccer, but that one felt kind of iffy to me. And I'm, I'm, I was shocked that they, they reviewed it like they, they always do. And they still felt the need to keep the red. Just, uh, I love, I love soccer. Don't get me wrong, but it did, it does bug me when a guy gets tapped by a cleat and he acts like he's dead, you know, and like, that's, I know that that's part of it. I get that that's part of the game, but it's just like, I don't know. I, I feel, I feel like the sell job was a little bit of more so what got that the red. Yeah. It's just a bummer because Roman doesn't make a lot of mistakes and to, you know, obviously he got, he made a mistake, even if I don't agree with it, that definitely didn't help us out with our, with our roster issues. I think it was a little bit hard just because you could see his, his studs were up on his cleats. And so when you're reviewing the tape and you're trying to look and see if this can be overturned, you do see that those studs are up. Right. You're right. Basically like the, the rule it, it was, if it was following the rules, it just is like one of those, like, come on, come on. You know, one of those ones like, you didn't, did you have to do that? Let him play, let him play. Now, if it was the other way around, Sam, 100% red card all day long. Get that guy off of here. <laughs> Can you get him more than one game ban? What a reckless move. Get him out of here. Get him out of the league. He should never work another day. <laughs> Minnesota does finish the game, though, with a 3-2 victory over Dallas. So we're all happy. We got to... Kind of sing Wonderwall, though it wasn't the same, but that was exciting to have our final home game of phase one. We concluded that with a win. Of course, the away games have not been as friendly to us, which leads us to our next topic, and that is last night's game at Sporting Kansas City. We'll start with the lineup, Justin. So it wasn't that 4-2-3-1 we're so used to. It was more the WTF formation. Um, <laughs> it was the 3-5-2 playing with three defenders and then two additional wingbacks. So for those of you who are new to watching United, you don't see this too often. We did see this a few times last year. The advantage of the wingbacks is that at times it's like you're playing with five defenders because the two wingbacks are contributing on defense. But at other times, it's like you're playing with nine attackers. So wingbacks definitely do have their advantages. They, all, they also have their vulnerabilities as well. But we went into the game with a wingback formation and a, almost a completely unrecognizable lineup from what you're used to seeing. Justin, do you want to go over the lineup? So Dane St. Clair in goal, Debasi Aha Boxel for the three center backs. And then we had Edwards at left wing back. Musa, Dotson, and Hayes in the middle. Hairston at right wing back. And then up front, we had Toy and Gregoosh. Again, remember, Toy is our only healthy center forward. 
And then we have on the bench, we had Molino, Ludd, Gasper, Reynoso, Chacon, and Emmings. Good old Fred. Uh, in Sporting KC, we got to keep in mind was out without Alan Polito, who we talked about a ton, and Roger Espinoza. Uh, they had a positive COVID test, but apparently there wasn't enough exposure for us to worry about it. We saw last night a lineup completely different from what we normally have been used to seeing as Minnesota United fans. Besides Gregish and Boxall, right, all the other nine players were not in that initial starting 11 that we opened the season up with. Um, of course, some of them have been playing quite a bit due to injuries or whatnot. A lot of people getting playing time that we're not used to seeing right now. And a lot of our stars were on the bench. And I'm I'm just assuming that they needed a break, right? Like Gasper, I think up until this game, had started every other game of the season and had pretty much played 90 minutes in every other game of the season. And it um, left back. And it left back. You don't want, like, that's a lot. That's a lot of try to, like, a lot of run on the tires there. You know, Ray Reynoso as well. I know he hasn't been with the team very long, but in the short time that he's been here, and this was out without having a lot of practices, is without necessarily having that game experience that would contribute to his conditioning. He, he didn't have that going into this game. So I can definitely understand why he was on the bench. As a fan, right, you just want to see him keep on going. But I also would hate to see him break down because we're overusing him. You know, Lud also gets a break. Molino also gets a break. You know, Molino, that hamstring has been an issue if he gets too overworked. So I was terrified of the lineup, but I got it. I definitely understood why Adrian Heath put out this lineup, but I was terrified at the same time. We saw a team that wasn't gelling. I, I didn't tell you this, but before we got on, I watched the replay, like the highlights of this game. And there were zero highlights of us on offense. Like the five-minute clip, Sam, was entirely sporting Kansas City running all over us. And, you know, for a team that like, I know that that wasn't always the case in the past, but I feel like the defensive side has been a strength for us. We've At least since you and I have been watching together, and it didn't look like that at all. I mean, like, obviously, like, we don't play with much possession to begin with, but it was very apparent that we did not have possession last night. Yeah, like, and we don't typically play with a lot of possession. We do a lot of counterattacking, but we don't do a lot of counterattacking in the way that, say, who's a random team that somehow makes the World Cup and then has to play Brazil? Um, give me an example. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. Like... Because I, I don't want to offend anyone here. Let's let's say we, we don't play like Aruba in the World Cup, right? Like, we, not that Aruba is making the World Cup, but <laughs> that, that's just my example. We don't play like if... Like a scrappy team that's just trying to like... That's we're just gonna happy get, to we're be get, there. We're gonna, right. <laughs> right. Like we're and not... Occasionally we're going to have moments. Yeah. We're not the team that's just happy to be there and would really love a draw mostly just doesn't want to be embarrassed. Like, that's not us. Like, we're a counterattacking team, but that's not us. But last night, that's kind of how it looked, right? Where Sporting Kansas City has the ball almost exclusively. They're just not converting on any chances. And a lot of that was luck, right? Like, that right. wasn't necessarily because we were just packed in and being pesky <laughs> and, you, you know, not letting the ball, uh, not not letting them have too many shots off. Like, a lot of it was, that they had a great chance and then it went just wide. 
<laughs> where they had a great chance and then just their footwork was off. Like Sporting Kansas City seriously could have entered the half like up by more than three goals. Yeah, I, I saw somewhere on Twitter, I can't remember who it was, but someone on Loon's Twitter said that like Dane St. Clair must have like sacrificed an animal <laughs> and put its blood on like, I know that sounds dark, but like, what did he do? What did he do to make it so they could not get inside the goal? Yeah, I'd say it must have been those monsters, you know, from Space Jam. <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know how Sporting Kansas City didn't have just a bucket of goals going into the first half. Seriously, they had 15 shots on goal compared to our one. And they had 64% of the possession. But again, like, and, and this is why soccer can kind of suck sometimes is that none of that matters, right? Like it doesn't matter how great Sporting Kansas City played in the first half because it was still 0-0. Going into the second half, Lud comes on for Edwards, Molino comes on for Musa, Gasper comes on for Aha. And, you know, honestly, I'd like to say that there's a lot of difference here, but Sporting Kansas City just kind of continues crushing us. But again, it remains 0-0. Okay, again, I don't know how Sporting Kansas City wasn't just crushing us in the second half. Reynoso then comes on for Toy in the 66th minute. So yeah, despite the pressure and the domination of Sporting Kansas City in the second half, it was the 80th minute. It took all the way until the 80th minute for Sporting Kansas City to finally get one in on Minnesota. They put us out of our misery. We didn't. We had no business tying that game and they they snatched rightfully snatched three points from us <laughs> graham zussi familiar name for those who follow the u.s men's national team sets up johnny russell in the 80th minute almost looked like it could have been offsides and i was very surprised they didn't review it a little bit more before confirming it but later we found an image that showed that it was definitely on sides and yeah rightfully 1-0 in favor of Kansas City and that is how the game ended yeah I think that that was I mean we found out eventually right that it he was on sides but I think that 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 was the moment that I was like man like you start to see the effects of COVID-19 in sports and like they don't have as many cameras you know like we don't get all the angles oh is that why I mean like you just there was like there was like one shot that they could look at they had like an angle shot, but they didn't have like an overhead, right? Or like a from the middle shot that you could see everything. I mean, it could be a whole other podcast and maybe I don't want to talk to you about it. But I also felt the same way when there was a touchdown in the Packer Viking game that they had no angles to show that he didn't have his foot down. So they gave a touchdown to the Packers. It didn't matter. But similarly, right, less cameras make it so, you know, the things that we've gotten used to in sport, right? The the ability to see pretty much everything and know for a fact, you know, like that's why we have the video replay. But I feel like, you know, that was a moment last night where the video replay wasn't our friend because there wasn't an angle that was good enough to see, you know, the people on the other side of the field. Note to the audience. It was Justin that brought up the Packer Viking game, not me. (laughs) So with that craziness, let's get into the big CF, our award-winning segment, the big CF this time we're looking at the going forward. The big CF. Do we have like, that could be the, no, no, no song. 
I mean, I'm all for a song. I think you should workshop it a little bit. <laughs> but we have the big CF going into phase two. The MLS released the schedule for the rest of the month of September. Three games for each team. Why only three? That's my first question. Right. And why do they keep sending us to Texas, Sam? <laughs> over and over again. At Texas least every been, week. <laughs> at least Texas probably soon will be pretty nice. But <laughs> I guess I don't know at what point in the fall Texas starts becoming pleasant. But hopefully no more 100 degree d- games for us. I guess you don't want to. I'm learning from making our school schedules is that we don't want to plan anything too far in the future because we don't know what's going to happen. Gosh, like we're already in September. So to just get the next three games, it just seems, I don't know, like couldn't we have gotten through October? Like give us six games at a time. I, I don't know. I don't get paid the big bucks to do that. So Saturday, September 19th at Houston, where we struggle Wednesday, September 23rd, at Columbus, who are really good. And then Sunday, September 27th, we finally get another home game against RSL, which mm. we rocked them already. So bring it. Bring it, RSL. Maybe yeah. we'll win one of the three. <laughs> well, yeah, we didn't win any of our away games in phase one. And now we have two away games to one home game in what's currently scheduled for phase two. We played our first two games prior to the lockdown away. Like, how are we playing all these away games? Like, when are we going (laughs) to, like, when is it going to finally, the schedule, when is the schedule going to finally have us playing more home games? Like, when it's snowing and we have to figure out if Luisa Maria and Emmanuel Reynoso can handle the snow? Like, is that when we're going to finally be able to play at home? This is the time. This is the time in Minnesota to have home games. And we're not getting, we're not getting them. It's frustrating. The MLS is notoriously difficult to play on the road. Prior to 2020, the MLS had about a 53% win percentage for home teams. And I did some really bad math. As we were kind of rushing to get this episode going, I wanted to look up what the win percentage was since returning from the MLS's back tournament. And it looks like it's around 50%. I didn't find a clean stat out there but just kind of going through and highlighting either won or didn't win, uh, which of course would include draws, just won or didn't win, won or didn't win. It seemed like it was roughly 50%. The home team won roughly 50% of the time. So we are seeing that there is still a home field advantage, probably because teams are traveling in and out in the same day so they don't have to stay in hotels. That's probably what it is. There's not so much of a home team supporting crowd or anything like that that's rallying them on but those skc had some fans in the stands and we and we've already like the loons have said that we're not gonna have anyone right like at all this year yeah so the loons announced for at least these next three games in phase two that they're not bringing people back in which i i thought was interesting just because the saint paul saints bring people in but the saint paul saints also probably don't have any other way of bringing in the revenue the way that the loons would in terms of their TV deal and things like that. I don't even think the saints have a TV deal. You can stream them online. Oh, can you? Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You can stream them online and they're on the radio, I think, but of course, any Canadian teams going into phase two. So in phase one, right, they were just playing each other. They played each other three times each. 
so now going into phase two, the Canadian teams have to enter the United States and then they're not allowed to leave at all. So <laughs> they can't go back. So we're complaining about not being able to play at home. Well, the Canadian teams really can't play at home. So Montreal is now calling Red Bull Arena their home. Toronto is now based out of Hartford, Connecticut. And Vancouver is based out of Providence Park in Portland. Shoot. And that's the next thing. Like, I don't really want to get into this, but shout out to my good friend, Luke, who's a firefighter right now, you know, over on the West Coast somewhere uh, fighting forest fires. Hopefully, hopefully these fires come on under control. So we're not introducing, you know, fires canceling games into the big CF. That's I mean, like air quality is terrible out there. It's got to be right. Like, you know, that, that was the conversation they had about like, why are why are the 49ers playing at home for football? Because because I mean, the air quality is terrible. And plus, it's just like what? Yeah, there's a forest fire. <laughs> it's the big CF, Sam. This is all the big CF. We shouldn't be doing anything, <laughs> but we're doing all the things. We should be staying inside playing Triopoly. And, <laughs> <laughs> and then we have, just closing off the Big CF, we do have more clarity on what the playoffs are going to look like. And like, we had talked, we had made a lot of jokes about this. It seems like pretty much every team is going to make the playoffs. Well, not every team, right? Because four teams from each conference won't actually make the playoffs. So... Here's how it goes, man. So eight out of the 12 Western Conference teams automatically qualify for round one. And then on the Eastern Conference, because they have, actually they have 14 teams, so 14 compared to the 12 on the Western Conference. So six of the 14 Eastern Conference teams are automatically going to qualify for round one. While teams seven through 10, they're going to have a play-in round. So still only four teams so the bottom four teams from each conference don't have a shot everyone else does but teams seven through ten in the eastern conference at least have to play in now while the higher seeded teams do get to host there's no bye week up for grabs like there usually is in the mls playoffs i guess we're talking about this home field advantage and the traveling and all of that but i don't know like having eight teams Eight teams from each conference in round one. So 16 teams total in round one and having no buy for the top seeded teams. That seems, I don't know how I quite feel about that just because say what you want about home field advantage, but the league does also have parity, which is uncommon compared to other leagues around the world where any team really by theory could beat any team. You know, Orlando City made it to the MLS's back tournament final, right? Like any team can beat any team. Seems like that bye week should be in there somewhere. But and, what do the, I know? and there's no, there hasn't been any talks of of bubbling for the playoffs, have there? I mean, I don't know. I guess we'll probably see how the rest of Phase Two goes goes through. I would imagine if they start having heightened concern, they might want to go back into the bubble. Uh, since that would be for a shorter amount of time and be all the teams that are fighting for a championship. I'm sure they have that contingency plan, right? It was rumored that baseball was developing that contingency plan for their playoffs. So I wouldn't be surprised if the MLS has that too. But the MLS Cup final is on Saturday, December 12th. So we've talked about if some games are hosted at Allianz Field late in the year, we might find out if uh, Reynoso can handle that snow. (laughs) 
Well, that's all we have for the big CF, and that is all we have for the show. I guess I have to end by giving a little apology. You see, our frequent contributors, Jeremy, James, and Nate, they all helped us out by submitting their picks for the English Premier League, their their picks for the top four, their picks for the bottom three, and their picks for the champion. I mistakenly declared that Jeremy picked Manchester United to finish in the top four, where actually he had Arsenal for some reason finishing in the top four. So my apologies to Jeremy there. My sincere apology, but thank you for playing along. And a special shout out to the Lunacy Podcast and 10K Pitches. Shout out to those two pods for joining in on the fun and submitting their predictions to us on Twitter. That was pretty cool, guys. Except for whoever the person was that somehow thinks that Leeds is going to get relegated. (laughs) Whoever you are, I feel personally attacked. And you're going to be proven wrong because they scored three goals against the defending champion. So they almost walked out with the draw. I think that was one of the Daves on the Lunacy Pod. I, I think it was one of them. I get con- one goes by Dave, one goes by David. I, I get the two of them confused, but no, no. In all seriousness, it was fun. Thank you guys for playing along. And we will see which podcast has bragging rights because we overwhelmingly picked Manchester City, even though we didn't want Manchester City. And uh, the Lunacy guys, they overwhelmingly picked Liverpool. I think 10K also picked Liverpool as well. So we'll see who has the bragging rights. Only time will tell. We also have our fantasy Premier League that is up and running. I think you still can join, but you'd miss out on week one. So you'd have to make up some points. We had 16 teams join. So thank you to all that joined. I would update you, but it's uh, it's Monday right now. And the Monday games have not yet concluded. So can't really update you on that yet but we'll give a quick little shout out to the people that are that are running the table in that fantasy league going forward as we said in the big cf our upcoming games are saturday september 19th at houston we will record shortly after that with episode 26 following that we have wednesday september 23rd at columbus and sunday september 27th against RSL. So we finally get to come home at the end of this month. But until then, guys, pot on you loons. Pot on you loons. Peace out. (laughs) 